Hello and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast. I am your host, Jason Katarski, here with my co-host, Eric Carlson. And we are on the road home from one of the biggest gaming events of the year, and really this is a milestone gaming event, Gen Con. It was Gen Con 50, the 50th anniversary of this wonderful convention that was started by the creator of uh, Dungeons and Dragons and his friends back in the day, Gary Gygax's uh, uh, memory and legacy lives on in this awesome convention, and we had a good time. So we just wanted to talk a little bit about our experience on our on our way home. Here we're driving, so there's going to be some extra noise. We apologize for that, but really, we wanted to talk about some stuff while it was still fresh in our minds. Um, so, Eric, Gen Con 50. You were five most, zero. Five zero. You were stuck in the booth a lot working for Green the Couch whole Games. weekend. I appreciate your help. We also had another buddy with us named Adam Bass. He was on the podcast a few episodes ago. He runs a little company called World Champ Games, and he uh, was hanging out with us. He's from Grand Rapids. He's my new gaming buddy, and he came down with us and helped out too. So we had a lot of fun, and we played some games together, and we got to take turns covering for each other in the booth. So we all got out and explored <laughs> some of the some of the massive exhibits hall that was there so um what was like a real standout for you on the exhibit hall floor uh eric it was just an amazing experience uh, last year i only went for like a 24 hours so it was a really quick turnaround but this year i was there all four days and it was just fun to wander i like to find these little booths that had just a smattering of all sorts of nerdy geeky things uh old real old toys and like records and strange books and uh, weird collections, kind of like the flea market type of stuff, huh? Yeah, it really was. But like, that's why I think the hidden gems like lie undiscovered most days. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I really like those booths too. In previous years, I bought like dead role or not dead role playing games, dead collectible card games, um, games that are out of print that you can get super cheap. And you know, I got some WWE ones, and I got some Harry Potter ones, and I got some of those. Uh, Pirates ones where you build your own little ships out of plastic, um, credit card looking things that punch out and you make a little ship oh, yeah, war yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So like, I've always kind of pilfered those in the past, but like I don't really get those at the table very often. Right. I do like to I do like to check them out because sometimes you find some really good deals for for sweet board games. And um, one of my recent favorites, not like super recent favorites, but um, the Risk Star Wars edition that yeah. came, out, came out a year or so ago. Um, there was the black box edition, and I kind of regretted not getting it. Uh, but it has awesome components, and it has a fancy Death Star, and like just just nicer, nicer ships, and a nicer presentation in the box. You know the way it all holds together. Right, that one's on my Amazon Prime uh, game board board game wish list, and I check it weekly to see where the price is at. Oh, nice. Well, this yeah, I found a copy for twenty five bucks, brand new. Um, and that was like half price from when it first came out. And I already have the, the standard edition, but like I just wanted that cool Death Star. So, yeah. so I, I went for it because I think that I'll play that game. And who knows how long that one will be around because, you know, a lot of these Star Wars games uh, kind of come out for a while and go away. I mean, except forever. For the, except for the Fantasy Flight ones, yeah. right? Like those ones will be around. But yeah. Yeah, so I got that. That was pretty cool. I found that one of those flea market kind of deals. But there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of cool publishers uh, that were happening. Um, we were we were in the Family Fun Pavilion right next to our friends Grand Gamers Guild and Kids Table Board Gaming, and we were next to Game Right. And we were across from Pegasus Spiel, so like there was a lot of traffic around us. Lots of cool stuff happening. One that we could see right in front of us was that uh, the Renegade booth, which it was, oh my gosh, dude, Renegade must have been felt like the bell of the ball, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like every morning, as soon as the door opened, 
people everywhere, right? It was like a portal opened up, and all of a sudden, 50 people were just appeared out of literally nowhere. It was crazy. It wasn't, and and the reason for that was day one, they had uh, the Scott Pilgrim deck building game. Yeah. And they had a Gen Con only cover, which was which was pretty sweet. It was like a variant art. Um, They're double sided cards in a deck building game. I, I had a friend to play it. it. The kind of the, the jury's the jury's still out on that one. I didn't get a hold of it. I love the Scott Pilgrim series. Like when I was reading those graphic novels, I like would read the first one and then like I'd be like, "Excuse me, honey," and tell my wife like I had to run to the store real quick so I could go like <laughs> buy the sequel and I'd head to Barnes and Noble and get it. Oh boy. Because I just ate that series. Up, but they also had a great game. Uh, one of my recent faves, uh, Adam McIver and his wife Carrie, were, were at my house a couple weekends ago, and we got to play his upcoming game, Ex Libris, and that was a Renegade release, and that one was was hot. And uh, it's a drafting game. It's kind of a bigger game. I wouldn't call it a filler, but um, in his recent board game geek diary, uh, designer diary, Adam did write that one of his inspirations were was, you know, a little game called Best Treehouse Ever. Oh. So, uh, yeah, he likes drafting and building things, so uh, I'm down with that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you haven't checked this game out, check out some reviews. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff uh, buzzing about this game, but it's a really neat game about being a collector of magic books, and there's different ways of drafting the cards every round, and then you're building your bookshelf of these magic books, and some of them are cursed, and some of them are your secret specialty that you're going to get bonus points for. I didn't get to play it at the show, but it is a fantastic game, and it was like it sold out in like two minutes the first day, yeah. And then they had another like 50 or 100 copies the second day, and those were gone immediately as well. So, yeah. um, it gets kind of chaotic with those really hot titles. And, and I was really proud that my buddy Adam's game was, was one yes. of those. <laughs> yeah, on the second day when they were selling it, I went over and got in line for a friend who couldn't make that. I just it was literally steps away from our booth. So yeah. Even though I was steps away moments before it happened, this portal opened, fifty people <laughs> dumped, it was mass confusion. People were literally literally running in circles around this booth. And somehow I got in the line and got my hands on a ticket and redeemed it. It was like Willy Wonka or something. I got the golden <laughs> ticket and I got a copy of the game. That is crazy. That's crazy. That's fun. I, you know, we heard about other games selling out too. Um, Laser Riders, the new one of the new releases from Greater Than Games, which is pretty awesome looking. Um, Centipede, which is actually Nicole Klein. Uh, she's one of the designers of Laser Riders, also one of the designers of Centipede. That sold out from IDW. Oh wow! Um, you grabbed a little filler too that that sold out pretty quick. That had a little buzz going on. Why don't you talk about that one a little bit? Yeah, it's called Cobra Paw, and you are a ninja kitten. <laughs> it's a dexterity game. Um, kind of dexterity and then what's the, the you move fast oh to like get a it. quick reaction yeah kind of a, a twitch kind of a game yeah so you got two really big heavy chunky dice that are awesome and etched into them is uh, these different symbols and each symbol is a unique color and so you roll these dice and you have to find like a domino that's got a little divot in it and then you go ahead and you the first one to put their finger their little paw on that domino gets to take it and it's, you keep rolling the dice, you keep playing with however many people there are. If one of your dominoes rolls up again that's in your stash, it can be stolen. Yeah, somebody else can grab it from your yeah. collection. 
Yeah, we played that one a little bit too late at night for me because because I, I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't even see the, the dominoes by the time somebody had already snatched it. Like, <laughs> it was it was wild. The, the box is like a hexagon shape yeah. or something. Yep. It has really cool kind of star graphic design. And it's weird because it's like it's made by the, the Bananagrams company, yeah. the people who are making this game. So it makes sense that it's that kind of material. They're using that right. kind of big late tiles. Um, and it has a cute box and it's a weird name. Maybe maybe playing off the success of something like uh, you know that exploding kittens game. I've right. Something about the cat feels very exploding kittens. Yeah, like the art style for sure. Yeah. Um, but but cute, quick kind of filler game for sure. Um, not my cup of tea at certain hours of the evening. But like I mentioned, that my kids would get a kick out of playing that. But it sold out, like which is kind of feels feels kind of funny to me because it feels like a really light kind of mass market. Yeah. Um, kind of style game and it, and it sold out it was and people kept asking for it you know trying to find that booth yeah someone came over i was demoing walk on fire for him and i was like oh cobra paw that's cool he's like yeah there's only about seven copies left i'm like i'll be back and i went and snatched one up immediately awesome yeah it was and then i'm glad you did because we had some fun with that one um, one of the other kind of cool surprises, uh, exciting things that, that I that I found and uh, Adam, our buddy too, was pretty excited about was the Oink Games booth. And Oink, Oink is a game company from uh, Japan that that previously you've only been able to get you've been able to get their games on the Board Game Geek store in the U.S. or um, sometimes on Amazon. But they come in these really strange shaped boxes. They have this really stylized kind of stark graphic design, bright colors and then lines and shapes. And um, they do these neat little filler games. Uh, a lot of them are kind of party style. One of them uh, is called uh, A Fake Artist Goes to New York. And from my understanding, is like it's spy fall with drawing. So you're like oh, trying to... One, one person knows a location or a picture. There's Everybody is drawing a picture. And you're all drawing one line and adding one line to the picture. Most people know what the drawing is, but one doesn't. And they have to add a line... What? to the picture that they don't really know what it is like they do know what it is. <laughs> so, like, yeah, silly game like that. Uh, one of their bigger ones is Deep Sea... Uh, oh, it's Deep Sea so Deep sea Adventure, which is kind of a race game. Um, I picked up a couple. One of them calls the, the, the Pharaoh's Decision. Mm. It's a weird, like, uh, dice... You roll these dice, and it allows you to draft tiles uh, and build a pyramid structure. Uh, kind of a neat spatial game. Uh, I got one called Mask Men, which was about luchadors. I, yeah. I, I had a little trouble with the rules late at night. I couldn't figure that one out, so I'll have to watch some videos. But, like, <laughs> I love the graphic design. The look of their games is fantastic. And, and they were really um, friendly uh, kind of booth people who, who flew over from, from Japan. And they had a TV kind of demoing their games and, and um, had these really cute boxes. Oh, they had a version of this game that I love. I've talked about it on the show before called uh, Kobe, Kobe Yakawa. Which uh, Yellow did a version of. It's oh. only like a thirteen game with to- thirteen card game with tokens, but theirs had these really stylized cards with little metal coins in it. Oh, and cool. I was kind of like, I almost, I almost bought it, but I already had a copy, so I, I restrained myself. Even though <laughs> this copy was was a little bit prettier. Was it in their same size box? It was. It was like oh. in a little teeny box. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was cool. It was really neat graphic design. My buddy bought it, and he lives in town. Jonathan Schaefer, the designer of Stroop, was working next to us at the Grand Gamers booth, oh, cool. and he showed it to me, and I'm like, wait a minute. I have that game in mind. Not quite that pretty. <laughs> but I'll uh, make him bring his copy to game night. That pyramid game was fun. Yeah, it was neat. It was it's got some neat components. Yeah, and you're trying to, like, make this, uh, yeah, like, the little weird-shaped triangle tiles yeah. and square tiles. And then, like, the dice were wooden with, like, uh, 
and they were engraved and painted. And it was it was kind of a clever game. It, it took us a while to get around the rules because you know there, there's some uh, kind of translation that's lost when sometimes when some of these games are imported to new markets. But um, we it was an enjoyable game to play. So. Yeah, definitely. It, it had some the the pieces had almost like a, a Zen doodle element to them where it's just like straight lines or dots, and so and they're very traditional shapes. So almost triangular all the time because you are building a pyramid after all. Yeah, yeah, uh, pyramid building. It's uh, it's it's you know, in a game, it's recommended. In real life, don't do it. Don't force yeah, people to build pyramids yeah, for you, right? That'd be bad. That'd be bad. <laughs> awesome. Anything else you saw that that kind of jumped out at you? Well, one of the things I was after was actually an RPG. This RPG that I had followed for about two years on Kickstarter, and then. They did a second Kickstarter, and I missed that somehow. It's called Blades in the Dark, and Evil Hat puts it out, and it's just this cool, you're a band of robbers in this uh, gothic-era town. It's kind of got blend sci-fi and the modern world, and so I that was the first thing I walked right up to. Uh, it was the indie... Indie uh, press revolution? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. And I walked right up. I was their first customer of Gen Con 2017, and I got my hot little hands on a copy of this this thing I've been after. Awesome! Yeah, it's a pretty book, and you were like, I was very proud of you and your and your geekdom because you're just like <laughs> carrying this little this little nerd book around under your arm all weekend, and like we're like we're going to bed at like midnight in the hotel room, and you're laying down and you're reading your role playing book. And it was it was precious. You were even listening to the Nico Case song that was yeah, that was, that was recommended. Were, the recommended playlist you were checking out. It was pretty awesome. That's awesome. I want to talk more about role-playing games in a few minutes. Oh, but right. uh, a couple more um, uh, kind of things that, that caught my attention. Matt Wolf, uh, the designer of Avalanche and Yeti Mountain, came by and he said, uh, "Hey, there was this little game that Ultra Pro put out, and Ultra Pro is kind of known for making sleeves and protector gear, but they've recently uh, partnered with some game companies and they're getting more and more into the game market." And um, they had a little game called uh, Battle Kittens, oh. which he showed me, and it was a, it's a drafting game uh, with, with some cool stuff going on, some set collection, but like, I went over to get it, and it was sold out, this little strange game, was I couldn't find a copy of it anywhere wow. in their booth, so that was kind of towards the end of the show, so I'm looking forward to getting a hold of that one on Matt's recommendation, because Matt kind of has similar tastes on his weird little games that he likes, as I do. Yeah, he's been a good driver of games for you, finding you <laughs> the weird things, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. We yeah. had a um, we had a lot of fun though. Uh, we we demoed a lot of before the Earth explodes. Yeah, in the booth, and that went over really well. We, it was a, it's a quick game, and I think you were you were at the helm most of the time demoing yep. that. So we got another week of that on Kickstarter. So I'm hoping that that kind of turns into some some new backers coming when the dust settles and they get home after Gen Con and. And uh, throwing some support that way. And if you're yeah. listening, we'd love your support too. But it's just um, so cool to watch a game. So we saw that at Geekway to the West when we were out there. Yeah. In 2016, is that when we went? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, more than a year ago. Yeah. And so that's the first time we played it, and I got to play with you. And and it's neat to have that experience to see what the rough game looks like, and then just how far it's come, and the awesome uh, changes that have happened to it, and how it really just polished up and shines and graphic design and the art it's just gorgeous well sweet it's a gorgeous game sweet well thanks dude I appreciate that I didn't mean to turn it into like shell for green couch but uh, you know, uh, you know I've been it. doing it all weekend yeah so. you're kind of in that mode for sure 
Cool. Um, I'm trying to think what other what other cool things that I find. Um, I picked up a copy of, of an expansion for Mintworks. Mintworks, which has been one of my favorite favorite games of this last year for sure. Awesome. And they got a new one coming out, Mint Delivery. I didn't get a chance to track it down, but I know that that's supposed to be a, a separate thing that's coming out sometime here in the near future. <laughs> but this uh, the the expansion adds about. Six to eight red discs, and I have no idea what they do. Red, red mints. Oh, okay. But there's supposed to be some extra, like... Cinnamon mints? Yeah. Probably? Okay. I, I think there's a co-op. There's, like, a co-op thing. Okay. As awesome. I was looking at the package. Well, you're definitely going to have to check that out and report back about what I that's I sure will. Um, you know, I think the theme for me at this convention was, like, uh, working really hard in the booth all day, kind of trying to run around and see what was going on. And, and, but but really it was like about the friends and just people we were hanging out with. Like the yeah. first the first night we got there, we hung out with Rob and Jason from Building the Game and Christine, Rob's wife, and our friend Chris Kopak. And yeah. Then me what and up, and, Chris? Yeah. Me and you and Adam, and we played uh, we played some Vampire Queen with the uh, <laughs> the German version. We we, we talked about this uh, at Origins. Chris had picked this up, or, and I had picked it up. It's a Wolf Game Kramer climbing game. And we were just chilling, talking, and and uh, he said, "Want to play Vampire Queen?" And I'm like, "Well, I know you got the new version from Germany, or not the new, the old version from Germany that you special ordered on the spot, right? Which is like butt faces, like it's and it, like all the cards it have like yeah, it's it's so such a strange theme, and it's so silly to play. <laughs> so like we we uh, it, I mean we won't say the name of the show to as to keep it family. Is it friendly. like French even? I don't even know. Yeah, how I to... think it's German. Oh. Yeah, but. It's a really fun trick-taking game, just great for just connecting with people and having a conversation going on at the same time. Yeah. And then we um, we went out to dinner and just kind of chatted about all kinds of stuff and like played played a few games in the evenings, but like I mean I didn't I don't stay up too too late anymore at conventions because <laughs> I'm an old man, but I definitely brought stuff home and play. I, I got my game, my wife the game um, number nine. And I picked up New York Pizza because uh, that's a re-implementation of one of my favorite filler games of all time, Piece oh, of Cake. Nice. And um, got a got a game called No Thank You Evil, kind of a role-playing game for kids, like a storybook for my kids. So I uh, found some cool stuff to bring home. Um, and it was a really good convention. I mean, Green Couch was there. People gave us some good feedback. We, we saw um, some podcast listeners, so thank you for coming up if you said... Hey, you know, like I, we were listeners of the show, and we heard about you know your game, so I wanted to check you out. We really appreciate you listening. We really appreciate you visiting our booth. Um, it, it's such a cool thing to, to just get to meet, to be face to face. So, so I appreciate that. My buddy Nick um, brought me a record because he knows that I like punk rock. My buddy David brought me some some uh, back issues of a magazine that he works on called Ghetto Blaster. Um, it was it was just neat to kind of like connect with people in real life that I've interacted with mostly on the internet. So. Yeah. Um, this was a, there was a big milestone though at at, um, at this convention for me. Though. There was yeah you, yeah it was big it was big. So I played my first ever role playing game. Yeah yeah you were there Eric. I was you present. Were, I was so in the room. I know it's not about this, but but how'd I do, man? How'd I do? You did good. You <laughs> jumped right in. I was proud. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we played. Adam Adam Vass, who was with us, is also a big role player. Eric's played D&D for years, yeah. and I've never, ever played one. They've been kind of intimidating to me. I'm not a big fantasy guy, um, and, like, I'm just, I've just never had the experience or someone there to lead me through. I've always been a game teacher, and I've never wanted to read the role-playing books to learn how to play them and then have to lead them and convince other people to play with me. Right. So I was kind of waiting for that right moment for somebody to, like, introduce me 
Uh, and I also don't, I'm not interested in an ongoing campaign. Like, that didn't, that, that idea doesn't appeal to me. I like to play one quick game, and then I want to play another quick game. I want to play, ID, I want a new idea, I need input, you know? <laughs> uh, the long haul in gaming is a little bit harder for me. So, uh. so um, we were talking, and, and I was like, hey guys, uh, I want you to be there. I want you to be there with me when I have this experience. Will you, will you come alongside me? Can we play? Can we play Fiasco? So, uh, so Adam's like, yeah, I think we can do that. So we like went and scrounged dice up. We from, were like, so unprepared. <laughs> we were so unprepared. So unprepared. Like he had an app that had like some playsets. So we found a playset. We played one called Home Invasion eventually. But like he's like, okay, we need note cards. And we need to have that. We need dice. We don't have any. We don't have any dice. So, like, we went scrounging in the prototype, the first uh, exposure playtest room where gamers are in there, like, playtesting games that a lot of manufacturers come and show off their, like, hey... Thank you, Game Crafter, for saving our night. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Game Crafter. Um, There was another box of bins that we managed to, like, um, pilfer enough dice from to to take out of the first exposure room and go... We're talking about, like, 16 dice. Yes, and we needed... It was a lot of dice. In two different colors. So we had to get eight of one and eight of another. Um, but then, like, you know, we went and we sat down and we did the setup. I had watched it on tabletop and thought it seemed interesting. And the heart of Fiasco is that it's a, it's kind of making a Coen Brothers movie. One of those movies where, like, it's in a, a rural town or something bad happens and things just get worse and mistakes are made and people die. And <laughs> mistakes were <over> made. <laughs> yeah, mistakes were made. So, like, a kind of indie kind of movie vibe is what you're trying to do. And it's yeah. storytelling, so it's not, like, battling and, and, and trying to destroy each other. But... Uh, I thought it was a blast. And, it was and so I, fun. I got into it. It took about three hours. Now, now I know we're this is the twenty minutes of filler podcast, but Eric and I were talking earlier, and it's like, really, fiasco is a filler when it comes to role playing. Yes, games, right. Like you could do a whole game in two to three hours. You don't have to do this kind of marathon session of like all day. You don't have to come back to the campaign. You know, week after week. So. Um, so I'm gonna count it. I'm gonna call Fiasco my favorite filler RPG. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm into it. I bought the book because I yeah. just wanted to like. I, I don't know how often I'm gonna play it, but I was like, I want to thank these designers for right. the experience that I had. Uh, Chris Kopak played with us too, so it was a, it was really funny. Just like close friends, kind of goofing off. We're in the middle of this bar in the hotel. All kinds of people around us playing yep. games, but like for that three hours. I didn't see anybody else. It was like we were in our little bubble, yeah. doing our little thing, yeah. and I was like watching this movie in my head that right. we were creating. So like, I'm really excited that I had that experience. So that, yeah. was, that was a big highlight for me. That uh, was so fun. <laughs> so we were talking about playset ideas on the way home, right. you know, like uh, weird stuff. But you know, don't worry, don't worry. Green Couch is not going to probably, maybe. Well, you never know. Uh, never yeah, say never. We ne- we'll never see never. What if we could actually do a 20-minute filler RPG? It's Maybe. It's not likely we will become an RPG um, Probably not the <laughs> podcast hub. or publisher. <laughs> so. Well, the great thing about it is it's just it, the RPG is so creative, and it just gets your mind going in a different direction, and a new down some new paths that you're not used to. And so it really fuels the creative juices, the creative energy. It can... That can be put towards a lot of different things, not just this uh, experience, but it kind of carries over. That's the thing I love about it, it gets you excited. Yeah, yeah, so uh, if you see me in public, uh, you can call me by my my character name, uh, Bobby Fleming. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll probably have completely forgotten what you're talking about by then. But uh, yeah, Fiasco's a 
fun little game, and I'm glad to, I'm glad to do that. I'm going to try it again. So, um, Well, thank you guys. Uh, that, I mean, Gen Con is huge. We can't cover it all in 30 minutes. Um, we can't, like... We can't just really capture this, what this experience feels like if you're not there yourself. Uh, we, we came home with too many games, we spent too much money, we met a lot of really cool people, we saw more things than we could handle, we, we didn't even get to see it all. Um, the, with the, for the 50th year, they had um, the Gary Gygax Museum in yeah. this oil field set up with like original manuscripts that he had handwritten, making the game, or typed, making the game, and, and they did a tribute, they even made like a facade to like what like the hall that the first what? Gen Con was in. Did you sneak over there while I was? No, gone? Dave Banks from Geek Dad was showing me oh, pictures though. Oh, I cool. Yeah, and it was it was a really neat setup. So um, such a cool cool way of honoring his legacy. Um, oh, another thing that we did that was a Gen Con fifty thing that I was super stoked about was me and you and Helena um, went and saw They Might Be Giants. Yes. And it was so it was like They Might Be Giants in an arena like where the where the Indiana Pacers play basketball and it was it was pretty pretty darn full and it was so many geeks in one place yes, and we were all sitting down because we're old <laughs> and we have been standing and walking yeah, around so and we all day but they might be giants put on a great show and it's a band i've never seen but like has a special place in my heart from days on the road in my band where my other bandmates would play them non-stop on long drives until i couldn't handle it anymore but now that i've had some time and space like i'm appreciating them a ton again so Thank you, Gen Con. Uh, thank you for everybody who came and said hi to us. Thank you, Eric, for your help in the booth yeah. and uh, sharing this road trip with me. And Adam, too. Thanks to all the people who helped Daniel Roki and uh, and Dennis, who helped out a little bit. We, we had some good people. All my game designers stopped by. Matt and Ben, who was Ladder 29, made an appearance at Gen Con. Oh, that was one of my favorite things. Yes. When Andy Jewett came by and did spot illustrations for us. Dude, that was killer. That was totally killer. Like, he was... He, he drew the coolest um, the coolest cow in your yeah. box top. It's a firefighter cow. The barn's on fire. The cow was eating a donut. It was just amazing. It was like you. It, it was. was. So, yeah, that was... Thank you, Andy, for doing that for, our, for the people who came to pick up their copies for that short period of time. Matt Wolf came by and helped us out. Daryl Andrews came by and helped us out. Josh Mills came and helped us out. Like, it was it was just people from our Green Couch community coming to help us out. And it was a labor people. of love. Scott Holmes came by yeah. and played Treehouse with folks. It was a good, it was a good time. So, all right. We're almost to where I need to drop Eric off. And I'm too excited about everything. And my kids start school tomorrow. So, we got we to gotta decompress here. We got to calm down. We got to sign off. So, uh, you know, why don't you go to the 20 Minutes of Filler Facebook group and tell us your favorite moments of Gen Con. Um, if, you're, if you were there, and if not, tell us about something you heard about Gen Con that's exciting to you, that's coming out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Katarski, at Green Couch Games. Eric, where can they find you? I'm at DonutCow11. Of course you are. Yeah. And until next time, get out there and play some great little games.